Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're here right now in beautiful southern Maine. We're recording a series of programs that are dealing with health. You'd say, well, it's American Indian Living, and we expect you to be covering health topics. But we're looking at some very interesting angles here from this uh, northeasternmost part of the continental United States. And we're talking right now in this show with some very interesting guests sitting across from me. First of all is uh, Eddie Travis. Eddie, it's great to have you with us on today's show. Oh, thank you, David. Good to be here. Now, Eddie, you've got uh, quite a biography. You're a chef. Uh, that's your first calling, isn't it? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, it is. I was. I did my uh, professional training at New England Culinary Institute in Essex Junction, Vermont, two-year course program. Got my associate's degree in uh, occupational studies, and that was back in 1992. Prior to that, I was a cook on a submarine from 1986 to 1990 in the U.S. Navy. But ever since 1992, after uh, culinary school, I've been working in various cooking jobs, uh, country clubs, hotels, restaurants. Um, In the last 15 years, I've been working in hospital settings. So uh, that's... uh, Probably what will bring us up to date with what I want to talk about today, uh, 15 years in the hospital setting is no coincidence I've been sober 15 years. So a lot of my uh, drinking and drugging pack background was occupational was an occupational hazard for sure. Wow. So Travis is here, Eddie Travis, uh, Chef Travis, is here talking with us about some exciting strategies that relate to addictions. Uh, he's here. He's actually hosting an awareness event. You've brought people in from all over the country that are sharing with people things that they can do in their communities, their tribes, whatever, their family, churches. I know there's people representing a number of churches who are here. And you've got a special guest who's also in the studio, Dr. Angie David. Uh, Dr. David, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I am the health ministry director for the North America Division of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And David, that includes the U.S., Canada, Bermuda, and also on the other side of the planet, Guam and Micronesia. Wow. Is that all? That's all. <laughs> we just stretch all over the world. But it's it's a real privilege to be here with you, David, on, on your show, as well as to be here with Eddie, sharing about a very special uh, program that really does help people break free from the addictive cycle. Now, many of the folks that listen to American Indian Living may realize that one of the major funders for American Indian Living is uh, kind of an unusual supporter for radio. It's actually the group that you represent, Angie, the North American Division of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. They have a whole Native Ministries division. That's right. And many people in leadership in Indian country know Seventh-day Adventists because if they attend NCAI, the National Congress of American Indians, every year for I don't know how long it's been, uh, 
for at least a decade, I think, or longer since I've been attending uh, those meetings. There's been a large uh, health screening and a health education emphasis at the NCAI exhibit area that is actually uh, put together by the uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. So Adventists are known in Indian country and beyond because they're not just interested in telling people about the Bible or Jesus. They're interested in making a difference in their communities, right? That's right, David. You know, we really believe that we were put in communities to be a part of the community, to serve where we can. And and yes, we, we certainly do have a passion for sharing the faith that has touched our own lives and helped us in our own personal walk and, and life here. But we certainly do want to reach out to our neighbors and just minister to whatever their needs are. Tremendous. Well, we surely appreciate your being here. You've come all the way up from the D.C. area. Is that where you based? That's right, in Silver Spring, Maryland. Okay. And Eddie, you've pulled together this group of people like Dr. David. I know there's a number of speakers. I'm hoping to slip in on some of the events tomorrow. I'm one of the other speakers here. That's uh, what's what's keeping my attention probably more than anything. But tell us uh, a little bit about how you got involved with this program. First of all, what is it called, this program you're offering in different communities? Oh, yes. Uh, the program that I uh, represent is called the Journey to Wholeness, which is a 12-step Christ-centered program. But uh, r- most recently, I like to... Uh, uh, I like to call this a uh, a Christ method alone program, meaning that uh, other Christian twelve step programs have uh, uh, you know identified themselves as Christ centered, and I hear that na- that title a lot, Christ centered, and to me, uh, I've been convicted to to explain it to be a Christ method alone, meaning Christ is in all of it. You know, uh, in order for this program to succeed or work, I believe that the the all-knowing, the all-creative intelligence, power, the great spirit of the sky uh, is to be Jesus Christ. And uh, he's got to be in the whole program, not just in the center, because uh, it implies to me if it's Christ-centered that there's spiritualism, other stuff that can come from the northeast, south, and west parts, you know, could just uh, really damage our program. And I have faith in Jesus 100%. And as long as I do and as long as the whole program does, uh, we're going to be successful. Well, now, here's the big question. You know, as we're, as we're doing this uh, show together, Eddie, a lot of my listeners, they're listening to what you're saying. They say, well, you know, we're Christians. This is great, wonderful. But I've got a lot of listeners, you know, who are not Christian. They come from traditional Native perspectives. Some of them have had a bad experience with Christianity. Some of them look at Christianity as uh, someone else's religion that was tried to force, be forced on people on this continent. Is the stuff we're talking about in this show, is it going to be relevant to someone if um, they, don't, uh, they don't believe in Jesus as the great spirit? They believe that there is a, another higher power. Can they relate to this, or is this a special program for those from a Christian perspective? I mean, I'm not asking you to, to tell us anything other than what you're trying to do. I guess my answer to that, David, is uh, yes and no. Uh, I, would, I would approach that with my answer would be I, I'd have to— Share a little bit of my testimony. To, tell uh, tell to us your answer story. That. Tell yes. us your story. Uh, in, in a general way, uh, and very uh, briefly, I will tell you, I, I struggled with uh, uh, this higher power issue, if you will, most of my life. Uh, I was raised Roman Catholic. As a matter of fact, uh, I really appreciate this program, David, uh, because uh, anyone that knows anything about the Catholic faith 
the children are appointed what they call did godparents. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I had a, a godfather, Uncle Al, who was Eskimo, Native American, and anyways, that was my early roots of learning about God. And it took many years of drinking and drugging, and then eventually I came into uh, a, a different view of different higher powers. Um, and none mm. of it was, you know, anything to do with Jesus. Some of it was satanic. Uh, a lot of the roads I went down was, uh, was very uh, destructive and, and very shameful. But uh, I found because of that background that uh, um, they say some are sicker than others. Uh, I was so spiritually sick that it took a, a program like this to turn me around. And I have met several others that weren't Christian but came to this program and finally came to see the light and uh, have been transformed. Well, we're very excited about what you're doing in communities. We want to hear a lot about it in today's show. So what I hear you saying, Eddie, is don't turn off the radio, don't turn the dial, because what Eddie's going to talk about is going to relate to you wherever you're at. He has some of those Native roots, uh, Native Alaskan, Native American, however you want to define them, and uh, he knows where a lot of you are coming from. Angie, you have an interesting role in this whole equation. Uh, Eddie had you come up. you got a background, if I understand it right, as a registered dietitian, correct? That's right. I'm a registered dietitian. I also have a doctorate in public health. And so why are you involved with a program like this? What, what excites you about what's happening? Well, I want to touch on what Eddie just mentioned, which is this idea of Christ method alone. And, you know, for some of us, we may understand what that means, but I think for, for others, it may be a very abstract concept. Mm-hmm. So from the perspective of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, what Christ method alone really means is that we are living a life that reflects the the character that we believe Christ has. And it's a character that we also want to have for ourselves. So what did Christ do? He ministered to people. Hmm. He served them. He came close to them. He befriended them. Uh, even those who were cast away, those who had no no other hope, he went to them and he drew them to the, to himself so that he could be a, a source of healing, mm-hmm. of hope in their lives. And so what this program, the Journey to Wholeness program, is um, is actually a program that was developed by the North America Division of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And so we are promoting this program to be used in churches, as you mentioned, in community centers, in schools, in hospitals, wherever there's a need, so that you are providing a safe place for individuals who are struggling from various addictions, Mm -hmm. where they can come in a very confidential and secure place to share and to, to have the support to break free from those addictive cycles. Um, and we know that this is a major issue throughout, across all, all lines, all racial lines, all gender, all every, uh, across every um, aspect. We know that people are struggling with some addiction or another. Mm-hmm. And so this is my role, is to be of support to people like Eddie who have programs that they are already uh, running. And Eddie has been doing a great job with others as well on your team. Um, and and also to encourage others in more locations. We could certainly have these programs running in more locations. So helping folks find those resources, build that team, 
from the ground up and keep it going, keep a sustained, supportive atmosphere for those who are in need. So, Dr. David, practical question. Someone's getting excited. They're listening. They're saying, boy, we need something like this in our community. Whether someone's listening, you know, from a church perspective, whether they're a tribal council member, say, well, boy, we could use this on our reservation. Is this something anybody can offer? Can they get on the phone and call you or someone else at the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists? Or how does someone go about starting one of these uh, pathways to uh, wholeness programs? For the, the program, we do have a training that we do want you to go through. The reason is because as you are running this program at your location, you are going to come across some folks who have some very severe needs. They may have some clinical issues, mm. uh, which you are not necessarily capable of, of handling. Now, if you're a trained psychologist or counselor or e even a physician to some extent, you may be able to help that individual on a deeper level, but we want this program to be available to anybody who wants to be of service. Mm -hmm. And so we do have a training that we can we can actually come to a location and do a training there. Oh, really? We also have trainings uh, scheduled. We have a yearly summit where we provide training as well. Yes, coming right up, right? That's right. And at the end of September, we're actually going over near Vancouver, and we will be providing this training in that area. And so you can contact the North America Division. You can contact my office, and we'll give you that information. And certainly we can also work with you to schedule one of these programs. Now, just so you know, our trainers are the folks who actually develop the program. Okay, wonderful. Well, our time is slipping away, and I know, Dr. David, you got pulled from other responsibilities. We're so glad you came through and, and joined us. Give us some contact information. If someone does want to you know, get in touch with your office, who do they call? Who do they talk with? And uh, for those of you tuning into the show uh don't go away because even though Dr. David's going to slip away shortly, Eddie's going to stay by and tell us more about this exciting program. So what are some of those numbers, uh, Dr. David? Okay, well, you can call me at my office. The number is 301-680-6733. You can also go to our website, nadhealthministries.org. Give us those numbers one more time. The phone number is 301-680-6733 or nadhealthministries.org. We have got to slip away. Dr. David, thank you for staying by uh, and joining us for this first segment. Eddie, we're going to be back with more. Some exciting stories, exciting things happening in Indian country, things that can happen right in your own neck of the woods. Do not go away. We will be back with more. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Stay tuned. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. My name is Florence A.Q. For lunch today, I had grilled chicken and squash. I am Zuni Indian, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. My name is D. Dakota Denesosi. I turned the TV off and took my nieces and nephews for a walk. We saw two jackrabbits, an eagle, and zero cartoons. I'm from the Dene Nation, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. 
Science has proven that if we lose as little as 10 pounds by walking briskly for 30 minutes, five days a week, and make healthier food choices, we can prevent diabetes. My name is Barbara Akisakpuk Curtis. I'm losing weight and being more active. I am Alaskan Inupak Eskimo, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. For more information on how to prevent diabetes, talk to your health care provider. For free materials, call the National Diabetes Education Program at 1-800-438-5383 and ask for the power to prevent diabetes. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. This is Meryl Streep. Over the years, I have played some characters you could call controlling, but the truth is there's so much in life we can't control. But here's something we can colorectal cancer. It affects men and women, and it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., which is astounding, considering it's almost entirely preventable. Here's how. Most colon cancers start as polyps, and screening helps find polyps so they can be removed before they even turn into cancer. Screening also finds this cancer early, when treatment works best. For me, screening was simple and quick. It was no big deal, except for the huge sense of relief you feel afterwards. There are several tests that you can choose from. If you're 50 or older, you should talk to your doctor. Decide which one's right for you. Take control. Do everything you can to prevent colon cancer. Screening saves lives. It could really save your life. For more information, call 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose across from me, Eddie Travis. We're recording a show in Freeport, Maine. This is a venue where a number of health-related seminars are taking place. I am one of the speakers here, but... Across from me, Eddie Travis has been organizing an entire program, an entire track at this uh, venue. They're speaking about a, I called it a pathway to wholeness, but I guess the technical term is the journey to wholeness. Have I got that right? Yes, that is right, David. And what we've been learning in the first segment is that this so-called journey to wholeness is really a program that's based on a 12-step model, like has been used by Alcoholics Anonymous and other groups. And you, instead of talking about a higher power in general, in this program, you do speak specifically about Jesus as being the higher power. Is that right? That is correct, yes. Now, I know because of the interest of time and Dr. Uh, Dr. David's schedule, we actually had to uh, kind of prioritize her in the first segment. You got a lot of us interested about your own story, and maybe I should make some comments for those who are tuning in. We are in a pretty busy venue here, so there's a lot of activity going around in the seminar venue. So although we're in a somewhat secluded area, you may be hearing some of the voices of people taking place in some of the other educational uh, events that are being offered here in Freeport, Maine. So... Eddie, with that kind of background of our ambiance here, tell us a little bit more about your story. You told us that you were pretty much in the throes of drug and alcohol addiction until how long ago? Well, I, I would say I was uh, I picked up my first drink of alcohol from the when I was 13 years old. So that, uh, um, and I didn't stop until I was 33. Wow. Uh, I, I call that my Jesus experience. Uh, um, I, I, I literally died and come back to life from a drug overdose, and that was back in 2001. 
it was a uh, it was April fifteenth. It was a uh, the the it was a Easter Sunday. So um, I I only say say it that way because at the time I was Catholic, and that had uh, of deep significance to me. That what kind of God after all these? I mean, you got to remember, I had probably been trying since nineteen ninety. Uh, many years trying to get clean and sober, and uh, every day was just torture, terror, you know, mm-hmm. and no matter what I tried to do, I always found myself drunk or stoned by the end of the day, and come uh, that, that special day, uh, April 15th, 2001, uh, that was the last time I ever picked up a drug or a, a drink of alcohol, and, uh, but I had, I had gone to a uh, Pentecostal service, uh, my landlord, uh, who who had rented me out a uh, a little apartment above a garage, that's as uh, that's as good as it was ever going to get for me at that time, you know. Because mm-hmm. prior to that, I was homeless or living in my car if I had a car. So, uh, but at that time, you know, I I was moving on up. I had a an apartment above a garage, and the, and the landlord was a Pentecostal preacher, and I had gone to his service, one of his services that day, and uh, I had been quote unquote saved. Uh, you know, th- that I had received the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, not even three hours later, I found myself uh, uh, um, uh, bloodied up and beaten up in a, uh, in a crack house in Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, because somewhere along that line during that day, I had gotten a taste of alcohol, and it's just what they call this manifestation uh, uh, of an allergy. Um, I had, you know, I, I, I just wasn't aware of... Uh, um, my my triggers at the time, you know, I had uh, some the, the the bad thing about um, people that are addicted, they get trapped into um, uh, we 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 like to get to a place of balance or temperance, um, and that's that's the, what we try to achieve in Journey to Wholeness. But on that day, I was elated so high, I had just experienced this f- final sensation of oh, I received Jesus, and nothing could ever happen to me now. And Satan had other plans that day, or my disease of addiction. And uh, and I had relapsed, uh, not even with, you know, three hours after mm. being saved by Jesus. And I said, this faith business isn't for me. It, you know, even this Jesus can't keep me sober. This is a powerful story because a lot of folks are listening and they're saying, I mean, I can, re- I can relate to this. They're, they're saying, this hasn't worked for me either. Some right now are listening to the show. They are in uh, right now dealing with with the very same problem that you struggled with for over a decade. You said you wanted to be clean, you wanted to be sober, but every day you found yourself back in the same problem with the drugs and alcohol. Yes. So something obviously changed. Yes, I didn't know it at the time, but that, correct, something did change. And that day, that was my last drink. So something had happened that day, even when I had accepted the Lord, because that was my last grand finale of, you know, uh, uh, picking up a drink and picking up uh, drugs. Uh, what had happened that day was uh, I did something that I would uh, told myself I was never going to do yet, um, and that was uh, I I became a thief. I had done many shameful things in the past prior to that, but on this particular occasion, I, uh, I as I told you before, David, I was I'm a chef, so I was uh, the chef of this family restaurant. And I had robbed her restaurant. Uh, you know, I took all the money out of the uh, cash registers, and and it was a payday weekend. So I took everyone's just the uh, owner of the place paid everyone under the table, for the most mm. part. So I had quite a jackpot to go party with. And uh, make a long story short on that, you know, that's that's where I had my near death experience of overdosing on crack cocaine. And um, just uh, the very next day, you know, is is the um, 
the day I went to the VA hospital because uh, the owner of the restaurant, when she found out what I had done, had given me the option of uh, uh, two choices. I could either go to Claremont. This happened in Claremont, New Hampshire. Uh, I could go to Claremont Police Department to to be arrested for what I had done, or I could go to the VA hospital because I'm a U.S. Navy veteran, and they could. And I've gone to many treatment programs before, mm-hmm. but my options were to either do go to the police or go get cleaned up again. So obviously, I took the option of getting cleaned up again. And uh, the uh, the VA therapist I was seeing at that time told me to go to an AA meeting that night. And you know, I had been to AA meetings before, off and on, just to just to kind of save my uh, my tail, if you will. And um, uh, what had happened was uh, it, something changed. I had what they call, uh, it's an acronym in the AA program, G-O-D. They call it the gift of desperation. Mm-hmm. Well, I had been given that that day. I had the gift of desperation. It was definitely God. And it was, I come to know that now as Jesus. But at the time, I didn't know what kind of name to put on it. But all I know is I was desperate enough to try anything. And if that meant going back to Alcoholics Anonymous again and finding a sponsor and making the coffee and cleaning up ashtrays, I was going to do it, you know, because I didn't didn't want to live this life anymore. So you've been through AA multiple times. Oh, yes. In in your life. And so you're, you're sharing an experience, Eddie that I know a lot of folks who tune into the show who struggle with drugs and alcohol. And we're not just speaking to Native people. Like uh, Dr. David mentioned at the beginning of the show, I mean, this is a a problem that knows no demographic lines. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're from, what side of the tracks you grew up on, Native, non-Native, black, white, yellow, red. I mean, it doesn't matter, right? That's right. Um, The issue is human beings tend to fall into addictions, and many of us deal with this. You're an example. You're sharing your story, and you're sharing your frustration because the very things that many people have said can get you out of drugs and alcohol, whether it's a spiritual experience, that seemed like it never made a difference for you, right? Correct. You said AA. You'd been through that many times. That never worked for you in the past. Correct. But now here we are, 2001, as you're telling your story. Mm-hmm. You have this experience where did you actually you actually really did die and they medical oh. personnel had to uh, resuscitate you? Uh, what had happened was uh, the police had found me in a uh, oh boy uh, hope my wife's not listening to this but uh, uh, she knows part of the story but I want to be uh, completely transparent with your audience today. What had happened was uh, as I had smoked uh, a lot of crack cocaine that night with a uh, a prostitute. I was in her apartment. And um, she had become very worried because on on this last hit of crack cocaine, I had just stopped and fell to the ground. And I had what I had had many times, a heart attack. See, the the sick part of this addiction like many others is the uh, the the attractiveness, the the addiction of pushing it to the limit. The high was every time I hit that crack pipe was to get a heart attack. Now, um, I know you can identify with this, Dr. David, what they call the runner's high. I know whenever I get on the track and I, now, now that I'm a healthy man and I, and I try to run a mile or two and that heart's pumping and I'm sweating. And I know some of you other runners out there can do 10 or 15. That was never my gig, but just to, to, to run and have the heart pumping, what a great foot. And I know you as a doctor could tell us all those fancy words with serotonin and endorphins and all that. But all I know is it made it feel like I just hit a ball of crack. Right. And I chase that in sobriety still. 
but I do I do healthy stuff now. But what I was doing that night was hitting that ball of crack so hard that it literally was going to kill me. And when I did get to the hospital that night, prior to um, my experience the next day, um, going to the VA hospital, uh, that was the process of how I ended up in the VA hospital, uh-huh, by the way. Uh-huh. But uh, they had found by doing, a, I think it's called the EKG, um, th- they had said that I had had an angina okay. attack uh-huh. from this, but that... Uh, I had previously throughout my lifetime, they had ever asked me, have you ever uh, tried cocaine? Because they didn't really know what I was in there for. Uh-huh. Neither one of us wanted to reveal why I was there, the prostitute that brought me in and uh, to the uh, emergency room. But anyways, uh, make a long story short, I had told them that, uh, well, why? why is, what is this EKG showing? Well, you're showing the heart of a, uh, of a heart attack victim, and it looks like we see this from many cocaine users. It looks like you've had about 50 heart attacks. So, I mean, that was part of the high, wanting to die each time. So I nearly probably could have died 50 times prior to that. Wow. This is amazing stuff. Eddie is uh, on a journey. He's been on one, and he's sharing with others a journey of wholeness. He's got more to tell about his story, and he's going to tell you how you can expand the resources you have in your tribe, in your community, in whatever setting you're in to make a difference for people dealing with addiction. We're going to be back with more on today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Don't go away. We will be right back. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. I'm Karen, and two very important people in my life, my husband and my father, have been diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation, or AFib, is a type of irregular heartbeat. People with AFib are five times more likely to have a stroke than people without AFib. Talk with a healthcare professional today about your risk and learn how to manage AFib to prevent a stroke. Visit stroke.org slash AFib to learn more. My name is Mira Batra. I have been in this country 32 years, and this is how I live united. America has always been the land of promise, and in my community, many families have come for a better life. Coming from another culture myself, I know the desire to become part of a community, to feel at home and to gain the tools for our children and families to succeed. So I advocate for these families with United Way. United Way empowers them to look beyond their histories and to see what opportunities are available. We help them get involved with their kids' schools, network within the community, and when we do, we unite them. We make the community stronger. What I do is something I wish someone had done for me, and I am so grateful I am able to. My name is Meera Batra. I help families see opportunities and succeed. I don't just wear the shirt. I live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches? And that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes? It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens. Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. 
Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Dr. David DeRose with Eddie Travis. Chef Eddie, as he's uh, often known, has been cooking for years. He's uh, more recently become clean and sober, actually uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you've got quite a bit of sobriety under your belt now. It's been, what, uh, 15 years. So tremendous. Um, Eddie's been sharing his journey, how he went from someone who couldn't break free of drugs and alcohol to someone who not only is free, but he's actually sharing paths to recovery with other people. Eddie, you brought us through the point where you had, uh, as they often say in the addiction community, hit rock bottom. Oh. And uh, you're finally ending up in a VA facility. You've you know, got a service, uh, a military service background in the Navy. And what happened in that uh, program in the VA hospital? Well, I tell you, that was uh, literally a real godsend. Um, when I was in that VA hospital uh, cleaning up again, uh, getting treatment, uh, what had happened was they looked up my old records and realized that I had uh, what they call a, a PTSD, a post-traumatic event, uh, a, a traumatic event that had happened to me when I was in the in the Navy, and uh, that was uh, I was sexually offended by a superior officer. Oh wow! Yes, and, uh, and little did I know after I did uh, extensive therapy and and twelve step work that. These were reasons why I was drinking and trying to escape and trying to kill myself. Really? I was so shameful of what had happened to me. So, and this is very common to a lot of addicts and alcoholics, you know, mm. some sort of abuse from the past. Not to say that this is what happens to all of us, but this was my story. And uh, what had happened was I got the help I needed. And, uh, you know, I got service connection uh, compensation for my PTSD. I was awarded some, a little bit of monetary uh allowance as far as like going back to college and stuff of this sort to kind of get my life back together, which I'm forever grateful for. But uh, on the other note, I I had to uh, tackle this problem, this shame of being feeling different than everyone that uh, any, you know, it's, I know rape, anyone that has as a survivor of rape, and I just want to say, because my experience is that of a male, I'm a man and I was raped by a man, that it's extremely shameful. And, uh, and it's not something you really want to broadcast on the radio, mm-hmm. but uh, we're doing, I'm doing that today. And I'm doing that today because I'm, I'm remembering what my first sponsor told me in AA. And he said, Eddie, if you, you got to pass it on. You can't keep this precious gift of sobriety unless you pass it on to the next, to the newcomer. I appreciate you talking about this because in Indian country, this whole theme of injustice and affront and, you know, may not be sexual abuse, but we often speak about historical trauma. And these aspects are often lost sight of in many contexts. Many times the dialogue doesn't include this. So I appreciate you drawing it in. And what's so important is for those who haven't struggled with addiction, who don't know some of this background, it's very easy for people to point fingers at the person who is struggling with the drugs, struggling with the alcohol. And what I really hear you saying in your story, Eddie, is um, you were wounded, you know, severely wounded, and this laid some of that foundation for the drug and alcohol dependence. Yes, that's absolutely true, and and what I'm finding out uh, presently and t- today, currently, is uh, I've been given a, a beautiful wife, and uh, 
we struggle sometimes with because of my past uh, and this is uh you know uh, not to go into too much detail but just the fact that uh it's pretty common for survivors of rape to have relationship problems and uh mm. you know they've definitely improved i mean i had 12 years uh, or i had a good 10 years of therapy and counseling and and uh program before i met my wife Cindy you know so i was at least considered quote unquote healthy to get into a relationship like this. But prior to that, I had been searching for love in all the wrong places, mm. you know, and uh, God finally gave me a gift of not only sobriety, but of uh, Cindy. Mm. And uh, Cindy, um, if I could, this is a good way for me to segue uh, how um, how I am involved in this program that we call Journey to Wholeness. Yeah, tell us, because so we, we've heard your story, and, you know, we know you're someone who's going through an experience that a lot of my listeners can relate to, whether it's a personal story for them or whether they have loved ones. And again, it's, it's, this is not a Native American issue. This is an issue that, sure, it affects people in Indian country, but it affects people in every demographic in America. So anyone listening to this show, they know people or they, they themselves have struggled with drugs, with alcohol. You've got this program, Journey to Wholeness, that you're working with. Cindy's a part of this with you, right? Oh, correct. We, uh, we're, uh, how you say, a ministry team. Okay. Yeah, we do this together, which is a, uh, is, it really seems to build strength in both of our programs. Because she, like, she was, she's a survivor of an alcoholic relationship, marriage uh, for 17 years. Her, her ex-husband was an alcoholic, so she went through a lot of trauma and abuse from that. So she needed a program of recovery herself, mm. and she thought she was getting that through the church. But, you know, and that's probably the biggest message I want to give today. Whether you're involved in a church or not involved in a church, you know, people hurt inside the church or outside the church. And even people in our churches need need a recovery program. Yes, we have... We, we tell ourselves we have the highest power, Jesus Christ, but there's still people in our church hurting, wanting wanting to die, not wanting to get up the next morning. And my wife used to be one of those people, but now she's not because she's on the journey to wholeness. So make this real practical, Eddie. Someone's listening right now. Maybe they're on a, a reservation. Maybe they, they say, I'm a Native American and I'm a Christian, and I'm like your wife. I have issues. The church isn't meeting them. I hear someone talking about this journey of wholeness. They're saying it's a Christian program, but people can come whether they're Christian or not, can help them. Yes. So how does that person tap into it? Let's say they, is there some central clearinghouse, some place, some website you go to to see if there's one of these programs in their community? Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you asked me, David. I thought you'd never ask. Let me see. They can contact the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Telephone number is... Three zero one six eight zero six seven three three. Website is www.nadhealthministries.org. So let me see if I got this right, uh, Eddie. I've got a telephone number of three zero one six eight zero six seven three three. That is correct. And then the website is NAD. So that stands for North American Division. So NAD Health ministries, plural, dot O-R-G. That is correct, yes. So if someone wants to get involved with a Journey to Wellness program, they would call that number, go to that website. Yes. And they could, first of all, find out, is there a program? Let's say someone's calling from Navajo country, and they say, uh, I'm here in Shiprock. Is there a program 
around my community and someone will say yes or no simple enough it's simple enough and that's how that would happen we'd put them in contact with someone that they may not get they will get a physical phone call within 24 hours to address that uh, person's needs as far as getting them to a meeting or a group of Seventh-day Adventist Christians or the program that we want to offer these people, uh, that may take a little longer depending on the area in which they live. But we are growing. And I just wanted to say, uh, David, before we, we uh, close, that uh, the journey to wholeness, uh, which separates us from most 12-step groups, is the fact that, yes, we do encourage that people believe in the higher power of Jesus Christ, but we take in anyone that needs to get well. We... we mm. What we do at Journey to Wholeness is the Christ method, and that is to come to to meet people where they're at. You know, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ, there's no denying this. The history books will tell you that he came to this world, you know. He came to this world to save people, and he hung out with the sinners. He hung out with people like me before I got sober. And, you know, this is the type of action that we want to take um, in my church, we want to be available to people in the community. We want to be able to help them if they have an overeating problem. You know, I mean, you as a doctor, I, I'm sure you must see so many people that come to your office with um, obesity. You know, we have mm-hmm. we have a 12-step approach to that as well. You know, uh, basically what we're trying to achieve here is to establish some trust with our members that they can be comfortable with us, give them a safe environment, and then just show them the uh, 12 steps of recovery uh, with some comforting uh, scriptures of from Bible texts that we use. Uh, but this is all a learning experience. We don't shove this all down their throat at once. We use baby steps. We basically just try to establish a friendship, make them feel comfortable, and get them clean. You know, get them mm-hmm. clean and break them free from their addiction. And then uh, in time, we know that the true higher power will come into their life and set them free. So, Eddie, for someone who does make that call, they call the uh, NAD Health Ministries, they may learn, as you mentioned or alluded to, that there might not be a program in the area in which they live. But what I heard Dr. David saying earlier in the program is that they're actively training people so that they can offer these programs in their communities. Did you go through a training yourself? That is correct. And yes, I did, David. Uh, I went to training me and my wife. And uh, another woman from our church went to New York City last summer, a very comprehensive three-day training uh, that explained to us on how to uh, actually handle, you know, certain type of situations in a in a setting where we're going to have these safe meetings of recovery and how to uh, not act as counselors because we're, we're not health professionals, but we are people that, you know, want to minister to the needs of people that are afflicted and, and need help. Uh, they, so basically we got training on, on how to basically reach out to people, meet their needs from a clinician's point of view. So give us a feel. Let's say someone, oh, we'll have them uh, this time maybe in uh, – uh, maybe they're Cherokee there in, uh, let's say, Tennessee, and uh, they're listening. They call up. Uh, maybe they're North Carolina over the border there, and someone says, no, we don't have a program there. Now, by the way, neither you nor I represent the NAD Health Ministries. We, neither That's one of correct. us is employees. So we're not making any promises. You know, when you mentioned yes. that they'll call you in 24 hours, <laughs> I mean, that's that's been your experience, that's obviously. <laughs> but uh, so, so we're not speaking with any authority. Dr. David, who was with us at the beginning of the show, had to leave. But we're simply saying, and again, 
hypothetical situation, if there's not a program in uh, in this particular area of Tennessee, North Carolina, where one of our listeners may be, be listening, they would be invited or, or told about a training event. They could maybe either travel to one or Dr. David acted as if sometimes they will go out on request Correct. and train people to run a program. Yes. So you told us about this program a little bit, three-day training. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know some are probably interested in a little bit more detail about that was, but what does all this lead up to? Does this lead up to a program that you've got to run every week oh, for the yes. rest of your life, or is it a, how does that work? Yes. Uh, well, it is a way of living. Yes, correct. And mm-hmm. uh, it's at least a um, a one-year commitment that your church or your organization, whether it be a community center, that would have to uh, commit to uh, one year. And I say one year, we'll break this down real simply. There's 12 steps in the program, mm-hmm. and that would be one step per month, and there's 12 months in a oh, year. Okay. So we take you through all 12 steps all twelve steps until you're ready to um, be free. And okay. you will be free by step 12. By the end of the year, you will be a new creature in Christ. This is great information, Eddie. And uh, we want you to stay by. Eddie's got a final segment with us. We are not going to go away. Again, if you're uh, just tuning in and you missed that contact information, if you're interested more, uh, interested in more about the journey to wellness, you can uh, call the NAD, North American Division Health Ministries Department. That's 301-680-6733. I'm Dr. DeRose. We will be back. One more segment. Eddie Travis not going away. Don't you either. Stay tuned. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. What I say, you already know, but you don't believe. You won't accept. You don't conceive. When you're inside your car, you feel safest of all. Are you safe? Are you? Two tons of sheet metal in your hands. Two tons don't run on autopilot. You have a mission. It's no collision. Hold the phone. Don't text. You're angling to be next. Oh, you've done it before. What's the harm? Just this once, there's no alarm. Got your hands on the wheel? No big deal. Brothers and sisters, you won't see it coming. You're off the road. Your life explodes. It's not worth it. Don't do it. You only think there's nothing to it. Put it down. Hang up. Pay attention to highway action. Behind the wheel, there is no such thing as a small distraction. Join the conversation at DecideToDrive.org. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons who would rather help keep your bones strong than put them back together. We are here to say a word about cancer. When you talk to someone who has been diagnosed with cancer, be positive. Be supportive. That's it. Stop right there. Don't start telling them about your Uncle Vern. Or the next door neighbor. Don't be grim. Try not to disappear either. Don't cross to the other side of the street. Don't stop calling. Don't cry. Don't ever say you're living my worst nightmare. You know who you are. Here's the important part. Be positive. Be positive. Se positivo. Say these words. You will do great. Keep calling. Check in. Be a friend. Or be a new friend. Be a supportive. Positive friend. Smile. Try not to be afraid. Or act afraid. Fear is not useful. Be a funny, hopeful human being. If you come across cancer, let it transform you into your most positive self. And inspire. Urge. 
fortify, rally, encourage someone to do great. This message brought to you by Cancer Survivors. For more information, to hear stories or share your own, visit DoGreatCampaign.com. Do great. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You are back with our final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Across from me, Chef Eddie Travis. Uh, the chef has been sharing with us his recipe, not uh, necessarily for the main dish, but his recipe for sobriety, uh, what has worked for him, and uh, an exciting program. Some of you who listen to the show realize that we do not do infomercials on this show. One of the reasons you know it in this program is I can't remember to keep calling this the journey to wholeness. Have I got it finally yes, right? Yes, you've got it. That's journey right. to wholeness. I think I've called it the journey to wellness. I've called it the pathway to wholeness. <laughs> and uh, we were just kind of reflecting on that during the break. It is the journey to wholeness. And Eddie, this is not a scripted program. You've been sharing your own experience. You've been talking about how people can run these programs in their own communities, whether it's a reservation, an urban area, whether it's a community center, whether it's a church or some other faith community. Tell us a little bit more about the scope of the program, because the more I learn about this, and I'll be honest with you, to my knowledge, I never heard of this program before coming here today uh, or this week. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm speaking. I'm doing some other health meetings in the same venue, but um, we're just getting acquainted. This is not just about drug and alcohol addiction, right? You're you're running a program right now in, is it New Hampshire or Vermont? Uh, New Hampshire. We have two groups, one that meets on Wednesday nights at a church in Plainfield, New Hampshire, Mm -hmm. and another group in Concord, New Hampshire, the church that I belong to, that meets on Saturdays. Okay. So you've got these programs. If someone were to show up to your group in Concord, New Hampshire, would they only find people who are struggling with drugs and oh alcohol? no that's the that's the beautiful thing about this program that i I believe that separates us from other like secular twelve step programs or other twelve uh, step Christian programs like celebrate recovery our difference is we uh we are all inclusive we'll take in we'll we'll take care of all your addictions okay and it's not even just for addiction it can be for mothers uh fathers parents of of uh, people that who are addicted, people that are wanting some sort of victory from the pain. We're, we're, it's a support group, okay? Mm-hmm. We're a Christian support group, but we you don't have to. It's not a requirement to be a Christian to come to our group. We would uh, we want to meet you where you're at. We want to we want to help you to get off anything that is disconnecting you to be happy. And of course, us as Seventh Day Adventists, we know. Uh, we have a health message that uh, many people know about, and if you don't, I'm sure that uh, we can give you that website one more time. But uh, our recovery program is very much intertwined with the health message that we have known since 1860s that we've wow. been trying to proclaim to the world ever since. And uh, this is just one other way of uh, promoting the eight laws of health that the Bible gave us many, many thousands of years ago, and we're just here to uh, you know, carry that torch. Now, let me see if I understand this correctly, Eddie. The group that you're currently involved with, or one of the groups there in Concord, New Hampshire, a number of the people there 
don't struggle with drugs and alcohol, but they have weight issues. Did, did I understand that right? Oh, yes, that's correct. We have uh, several members that are obese, uh, even a couple members that are morbidly obese, and uh, even even one of our facilitators, you know, is overweight. I mean, this is another problem that not only uh, nationwide, but in our churches, people that profess to have, you know, a righteous way of living. If anyone remembers any of the teachings of Jesus when he walked this planet, he taught the 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 laws of uh, temperance, you know, if you will, uh, how to live a temperate life and not to overeat and not to be mm. uh, slothful and lazy. And this is the, these are the sort of things that uh, unfortunately have happened to some of our members in our church or just outside of the church. People that are of no faith uh, will struggle with obesity, uh, just this uh, age of convenience where everything is just you have to overindulge. And, uh, you know, our program does help people with that addiction as well. Uh, we call it the power of appetite. And it really does uh, have a lot of people in submission. And uh, we have a solution for that. So basically, this journey to wholeness can help people of uh, addictive eating patterns, can help people with drug and alcohol problems, uh, can he help people with... Uh, I mean, pornography, would that be something, oh, pornography gosh, I, addiction? I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Dr. David, because uh, it's kind of one of the main reasons I ended up here this week. Uh, there was a presentation that was brought to, from the president of our conference uh, several months ago to a men's ministry rally, and it had that subject matter had to do with pornography in the mm -hmm. church as a whole, and not just Seventh-day Adventist churches, but churches all around of different denominations that you would think that this wouldn't be a problem, you know, uh, Christian believers uh, struggling with pornography, but it has uh, become uh, it's an epidemic, if you will, of people, even church leaders that are addicted to pornography. Well, it was so successful, this rally that we had, that uh, the president of the conference decided that our recovery program would have a smashing influence on the health seminars that would be going on this week. So I'm here along with my wife, Cynthia, to help spread the message of recovery to people that are even struggling with pornography. Now, some of the terms you used in describing obesity, I'm just going to be honest with you, Eddie. You mentioned things like, uh, oh, I think lazy, um, intemperate. Uh, sounded like maybe to some ears that you're just another one of these trim guys, you know, you look pretty trim here, who can't relate to people with weight issues. Uh, is it safe to assume that you never struggled with any weight issues? Oh, no, that that wouldn't be safe to assume that, uh, David. Uh, I am a, I'm a recovering food addict as well. Uh, you're looking at a guy that uh, back in 2004, I was almost 300 pounds, you know. Wow. I'm, a, I'm 160 pounds now, so it's like uh, uh, I lost over 100 almost 120 pounds and so uh and i've maintained that weight kept that weight to a, a healthy weight now and i only do that because of uh well i i do follow our healthy plan of eating that's been uh what we call the uh diet of garden of eden i mean i try i prescribe i subscribe personally to a vegetarian diet and uh, i try to communicate that uh, to other people that are trying to eat healthier not to say that that's the only way you can lose weight but mm -hmm. it's a a way that worked for me and uh there is uh we're, we're we're doing a seminar thursday this week david actually on caffeine and sugar these oh, okay. are two drugs that uh, of uh, the drugs of choice, if you will, that have uh, many of our Seventh-day Adventists uh, down for the count. And I'm hoping to bring this PowerPoint message home to our audience this Thursday. So I'll, uh, uh, we'll see how that goes. But I know that's a, that's a drug that uh, myself that I have uh, struggled with, sugar. 
And uh, as you as a doctor know, that's just as powerful as cocaine, correct? Well, I mean, you know, as far as taking lives, sugar excess, uh, you know, I think you'd have to put it ahead of cocaine. I mean, just because, you know, the number of people involved, and you're right, uh, many people have uh, addictive relationships with food. People often don't classify it that way. So, yeah, these are huge issues. And like you said, you're especially, you've drawn, especially from a Christian audience at these meetings, uh, these meetings being sponsored by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So there are a lot of Seventh-day Adventists. But as you and, and Dr. David earlier in the show made very clear, that this program, especially the one you represent, this journey to wholeness is something that's available to anyone. And uh, if you're in a community, one of these are being offered, take advantage of it. If you said, boy, I I thought this was not a program for me. I was listening for somebody else in my tribe. But when you listened uh, to Eddie talk about weight issues, you say, wow, this is coming close to home. This program is going to help someone if they're overweight as well. Am I hearing that right? Oh, yes, absolutely. It's, it's worked in our church already. We have already have proven success. Yes. I mean, this is great. So we've got a program that can help you. So if, there's, if you say, you know what, we're in a small area. There's not a lot of people that will come to an AA meeting or an NA meeting, Narcotics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous. We tried to have one of those chapters. Uh, it just didn't work. This sounds like a great program in a rural area where you get a bunch of people together. They're working on different addictions, but going through those very same 12 steps. And we've mentioned that a lot in the program, but the 12 steps are basically kind of 12 principles, 12 uh, approaches to living where you're recognizing your need and and making restitution, things like that, right? Correct. And these are, no one really uh, talks about this much anymore, but uh, these are biblical principles. And so to all the Christian viewers out there too, I just didn't want anyone to think that we were, uh, you know, bringing anything, any false doctrine into this program. We're following principles that are right out of the Bible. But you know what? Not to be scared, even if you don't read the Bible. Okay, these are principles that will save your life. Okay. Well, Eddie Travis, he's a chef in his uh, daytime work, but he spends a lot of time helping people with addictive behaviors. The program he works with is called Journey to Wholeness. If you didn't get those numbers earlier in the program, I've got them now in front of me. Telephone number 301-680-6733. So if you want to learn where a program is, if you want additional training, if uh, you'd like to start a program in your community, again, 301-680-6733. And then there's a website. If you want more information, you can go to NAD. That stands for North American Division, but simply abbreviated NAD Health Ministries plural .org. Hopefully you will take advantage of getting more information about the journey to wholeness and that you too will have a story and your community will have stories like we've heard from Eddie Travis. Eddie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. DeRose. We've got to run. For all of us at American Indian Living, I'm Dr. David DeRose wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Service.